This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to Reformation. Welcome to The Gospel for Life. We are beginning a a new mini-series on doubt and deconstruction. Uh, We don't want you to deconstruct but we want to give you a place for questions and, and doubts and just trying to understand that process. Yesterday, if you missed the show, you can go back and listen, but Jonathan read from Jude, and Jude is going to maybe not give permission for doubt, but at least acknowledges the the reality of it within the church. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and Jude says, have mercy on those who doubt. I, mean, I think that it is important to recognize that at different times and different stages in our Christian life, there are going to be doubts that come up, and they can come up from for a number of reasons. You know, maybe there's a tragedy in your family, and you're asking why. Maybe, maybe somebody that you knew that uh, was seemed to be so strong has fallen away, and you you go if they if they are no longer believing this, how can I believe it? Because you were riding on that on the ether of their life. So I think it's important that we recognize that doubts exist. I mean, and of course, the, one of the things that we're going to encourage is that we doubt our doubts. That, that'll be something that we're going to encourage. And another encouraging passage on this topic of doubting <coughs> is, you know, in Jesus's ministry, when there was a, there was a father whose son was demon-possessed, mm-hmm. and he says to Jesus, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus responds, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. And then immediately the father cries out with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just because we have questions doesn't mean we're off into the road of rejecting the faith. Now, we do want to just pause a moment and just think through those that have deconstructed and there are people that have have looked at the kind of the different examples and people that have come forward and shared that process and have have kind of broken it down and said, you know what, there are some common themes. There's a common process that we see in these people that had doubts, but at the end moved to a place that we're not encouraging, but moved to the place where they walked away from Christianity. and But it's I think it's important to just stop for a minute and just think through. And they've talked about it in a four-step process. Um, we talked off the air, and Jonathan had said, you know, it's not a hard rule. It might be five. It might be three. It, it, it might look differently. But this is a generality of this is typically what happens. So mm-hmm. the four steps are context, catalyst, 
avalanche of questions and happy ending. So let's break those down. What what is being meant by the first part of context? Well, there's a number of reasons why somebody might begin to have doubts about Christianity, and um, you know, unfortunately, uh, one. One big reason is that they've been hurt by someone in a church. They could have been hurt, you know, hurt by uh, the pastor or an elder or just even another believer there. So we have to recognize that, uh, you know, those things, those things happen. Those things can be real. That doesn't, you know, it's often said the church is full of hypocrites and the answer to that is what better place for them to be. Uh, there is there is that, and you're going to find that there are people that are are great pretenders as well as those that truly possess that. And so you can get hurt. And so I think that uh, in one of the in one sense, it's it can come from the church and uh, and maybe just even an oppressive um, nature of some of the people, a very moralistic group of people that. Uh, Give no mercy, as Jude says, and so you are always feeling beat up, you know, by the by the demands of Christianity. You feel like you're on the treadmill. You really are, you know, kind of a works righteousness kind of place, which is not grace, which yeah. is not the gospel. Yeah, so it's it's often not not the truth that has failed someone, but the people who say they believe that truth that has failed them that leads them to this this context moment of of crisis. Mm-hmm. I I actually grew up kind of a in a fundamentalist world, fundamentalist church, Bible camp. Thankfully, I didn't grow up in a fundamentalist home, mm-hmm. and that I think is what spared me from going down a road that would have been destructive for me. But mm-hmm. I watched a lot of people that didn't have the opportunity to have parents like I did mm-hmm. go down this road of they saw religion as harsh and oppressive. They saw it as don't ask questions, yeah. anti-intellectual. Yes, you know, just it was mm-hmm. it was a set of rules, and you weren't supposed to even ask why the rules were there. You were mm-hmm. just supposed to just obey because I said so. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the, just poor. Yeah, and poor teaching in general. Some of it is just poor poor teaching. Uh, you you you're never really brought to the knowledge of who God is and what He's done. You really. You have very little relationship with uh, Jesus Christ or the Holy Spirit that uh, dwells within, and so you just end up with uh, some poor teaching. And maybe the best word you said um, earlier, Jonathan, is it, it's just a system without mercy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in, in the system, sometimes there's just a, an insincerity, a hypocrisy mm-hmm. that's, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, you may not know this on the air, but I'm a, a church planter, and uh, so I have a job outside of the pastorate and i just took that up again being a school bus driver and uh in our training we're taught to be consistent but also sincere we'll summarize it that way because you have a bus load of kids consistency helps them but also sincerity they can tell when you're being insincere not you're not being true to what you're saying and kids i don't think you give kids enough credit that kids kids know when you're being fake they know Mm-hmm. Uh, when it's insincere. And uh, I think growing up in a system like that where a church is doing that, it's going to naturally lead to a deconstruction of what they've been taught. Yeah, if there's rules for you but not for me, right? you're subject to these, but I'm not. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's the, the the seeds of 
uh, deconstruction for sure. So that's the context. The The second step is there's a, normally a catalyst. Um, this is the kind of the second rule of inertia, right? Or mm-hmm. first rule of inertia, a body at rest will remain at rest unless acted upon by an outside force. Oftentimes there's an outside force that comes in and pushes somebody. So how does, what are the different ways or categories of that crisis of faith? We just referenced one, uh, science spouting off the rules there of inertia but uh you know i mean there there can be especially in our today's day and age when as as kids grow up and and they begin receiving teaching of how the world came to be and uh, depending on how they were taught and instructed as a kid that can lead to a lot of questions and doubt yeah we mentioned another one uh as part of the context but emotional hurt Mm-hmm. Uh, doubts that become more subjective response to experiences with the with a church full of Christians or leaders leaders seeing leaders fail even mm-hmm. you know if you've been following a particular denomination dom- or church and you watch this leader fall and fail and not work through repentance that that can that can lead to deconstruction yeah sometimes we're as the the doubters looking for a hundred percent certainty rather than beyond a reasonable doubt there are some you know we may have certain doubts remaining, but the certitude is leading to this conclusion that you know God is true, and so there's. I I think that you know you know the the Bible in one sense the Bible isn't written to give us a certainty. You know, I mean, well, I and I hate even saying that, but you know, many other things did Jesus do. We don't have everything recorded for us. But that which was recorded for us is to lead us to eternal life. And, and so I think that one of the dangers is uh, expecting too much of trying to get all the information at the same time. That's something that we grow on. And he has given us everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his glory and grace. And that, but it's not something that we get all at once. And just to circle back real quick, I think it's it's good to clarify. You know, science itself is not a catalyst, but <laughs> it it represents an intellectual catalyst. Um, <laughs> something where there could be, you know, some people begin to question: Well, are the miracles of the Bible really true? Mm-hmm. You know, did the flood really happen? Is the resurrection real? And so, all these are part of that intellectual catalyst. Yeah, and I think that uh, you know one of the things that we have. Um, all these questions have been asked before, and there's some there are, there are good apologetic defenses of Christianity for that. And even if you don't know all the answers, you know you may have heard it at one time, and you can go back and research, look for these things. What was the answer given by somebody with regard to the resurrection? Read Frank Morrison's book. Who who moved the stone? You know the the, the other uh, there's great things. I mean even you know those Lee Strobel books. You know the Case for Christ has been dealing with a lot of these doubts. You know and these doubts are not unusual, but they have had good answers, and you have to realize that even though you don't have that answer, somebody else might. Another catalyst would be, especially I think in today's dealing kind of with the progressive Christianity that we just looked at not long uh, last week, is the a moral indignation a, um, a conclusion that where they see what's declared to be sin in the Bible by God, they maybe have friends who have a pattern of life that follows after that sinful pattern of behavior, or maybe family members or loved ones, and 
you don't want to make the conclusion of where they're ended if the Bible is true, so you begin re-examining the, the moral claims of the Bible. And, and some of those, that moral in, indignation isn't even correct, mm-hmm. it, but it doesn't matter. I mean, sometimes there'll be charges brought against Christians that they're racist or that right. they believe in colonization, that they believe in slavery. And those accusations actually aren't true of the Bible, Right. They might be true of some Christians. Well, and and not just moral indignation against something out there, but hey, I I actually want to sin. Mm. Uh, that's right. the desire. Yep. The desire of my heart is to be to uh, involved in something that God says I shouldn't be. And so, in order to justify my sin, I have to deconstruct my faith. In order to justify uh, adultery, I have to say, well, God wants me happy. Uh, I have to deconstruct something in order to get there. And so uh, this is one of the, the leading causes of, of that and, and catalyst to the deconstructing of someone's faith is uh, a desire on their part to justify the sin that they would like to commit. The third step in this process of deconstruction is just an avalanche of questions. You, you know, some people are, are naturally more curious. Some of people just have a lot of questions. And for some, they have all these questions and nobody is answering them. And they feel like, wait, I'm very frustrated. I, I have sincere questions and they just go unanswered. And then the fourth is this declaration by those that deconstruct to say, I have a happy ending. Yeah. I'm finally free. I've never been it's, more free in my whole life. It's very, it's very much like the person that has decided to commit suicide. There's a, they, you know, they all of a sudden they're putting everything in order, and they're, that's where they're going to finish it off at. Mm-hmm. So this is the foundation for deconstructing, and then tomorrow and moving forward, we'll deal with doubt from a biblical perspective. We'll see you then. <laughs>